What is your name? The Andrew Bailey. What is your quest? To acquire a PCI sound card. What is your favorite color? 0X0000FF. Death to you! Big week, huge week. Ah, uh, so how huge? Has it? Have you been midterming yet? Oh, you know midterming. Well, uh, no, I have not midtermed yet this week. That will be uh, tomorrow. Actually, I have a systems midterm tomorrow involving all sorts of Unix calls. Oh, well, that's interesting. Yeah, not not so much actually. It's it's quite terrifying. Well, I guess before we get any further on the show, I better uh, you know do the introduction and stuff. That'd be uh, a good idea. This is Control Structure, episode 48, for October whatever, uh, 16th. Yeah, that's uh, what we're going for. 2013. I am your host, Andrew Bailey, and this is Ryan. Hi, Ryan. Hi. So, uh, you know, I guess we've already set our big weeks and stuff. Mm-hmm. So, hey, it's October 16th. Do you know what that means? Uh, no. What does that mean? It means that Windows XP has less than six months of support left. But, uh, doesn't that happen in April? Yeah, that's like six Why months. Why is that news now? That's six months away. Hmm. Well, apparently lots of people in Asia still run Windows XP. Oh, how bad for them. Yeah. So oh, so they're going to use the zero-day exploits against themselves, right? Uh, mostly, I think. Yeah, because no, no modern human being would dare use something from 13 years ago, right? Well... Uh, strange that you should ask that, but we'll get to that later. <laughs> okay. But if this wasn't a problem, why would Chrome uh, be, you know, extending XP support? Well, the, you fun, it's funny you ask, because Chrome thought, or the Chrome team thought it would be a great idea to extend Chrome support until, you know, 2015. Not, not just a year, two full years of, of Chrome support. Uh, and well, how nice of them. So... Uh, like I'm not exactly sure what the exact date is, but it it's April less than 16, uh, yeah. 2014. I, I'm sure you've seen the weird formula they use to determine when they cut support for their OS releases. But they've screwed S- uh, XP's releases so many times, it doesn't make sense anymore. Yeah, so I guess uh, before tax day you will have to upgrade. Well, make sure you back up, because you don't want to lose your taxes. Yes. Because today is International Backup Awareness Day. And so, so is Tax Day. Yeah. Yeah. So, with all of this, uh, goodbye, XP. <laughs> Very nice. <laughs> so, uh, in response to uh, all of this, I have decided to run Windows 98 Second Edition instead. It's probably more secure, honestly. Yes. And... Because SE means security edition, right? Yeah, it does. (laughs) So, um... It looks like my, uh... Project 20th Century is alive. Whoa! Look at that fade-in! Yes. This is a real CRT monitor with a real ball mouse in it. 
you know, my computer boots in like three seconds. So I think you have a long ways to go there. Yeah, and it's probably not anywhere near this noisy. Oh, uh, it is actually. So, um. Oh, I hear the hard drive. What have you done? It's like right there. It's in the oh. floppy thing. Well, I I don't know. It's not okay. Yes, this is the click of life. The click of life is what would drive me to death, probably. Yes, it's not the click of death, it's the click of life. Mm, that's what they say until it so. clicks the wrong way. Yes. So, um... And somehow the uh, network interface card wants to work now. So Well, that, that's good. So it wants to, you know, hey, password. Yeah, like Windows 98 was, like, really annoying like that. Mm-hmm. So I was expecting you to see the Windows 2000 clouds come up, but then I realized, no, 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 it's 98. It's even before that. Yeah. I think I got, I think my dad bought our first computer in the, in the house with 95, but then quickly upgraded 98, hmm. like, you know, just like you know, a few months later. Yeah, so, yeah, it does work, so. I love how opening the system... Uh, info is a proof that it works. Yes. So, you know, among other things. So, hey, you know what? This this can even play StarCraft. Really? Yes. If I have the disc in the drive. Yes, well, this is so old that, uh, yeah, you do need discs in drives in order for things to work. You're telling me that Steam doesn't work on Windows 98? It probably does, but I haven't <laughs> tried it yet. I can't imagine that it would. Because even having the network interface card working is, like, a miracle. Oh my gosh, I hear the spinning drive now. Yes, this is, like, a complete great experience. Like, going all the way back. So, yeah. Stuff works. Wow, that's actually really fast. That's really impressive, actually. Yeah. Well, then again, StarCraft has, like, a minimum system requirement of a Pentium 90. Well, I, uh, I think my dog can compute faster than that. So, goodbye, Windows 98. It'll be back another day. Yes. So, I, uh, did a complete report on this, uh, sort of, the, uh, story so far, anyway, on my blog. So, you know, as uh, mentioned, uh, I think it was the RAM that was preventing it from uh, booting up last week. Yes, during the show. That was very anticlimactic. I don't know how you did that. So, um, let's see, it was even with, like, all the old stuff, it still wouldn't boot. So, um, you know, I I was hoping that it, uh, you know, the power supply that I bought was good. And, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, it turns out it is. So it looks like my uh, research was uh, well worth it. So how much of this computer did you get from scrap parts, and how much did you buy? Uh, the CPU, the motherboard, the hard drive, the CD-ROM drive, the case, which I may replace. Because it looks a little bit uh, disheveled. Yeah, it looks a little uh, incomplete. So, And then I bought the power supply, a video card, and some RAM. Um, I will be heading over to my parents' house, like, sometime later this week, and hopefully there will be a PCI sound card in the old parts there. 
So well, that's good. Uh, if not, I could. I'll probably eBay one for like ten bucks or something. It's mm-hmm. um, probably good. I might want to get a bigger hard drive because uh, this is currently two gigabytes. You might want to work on that, yeah. So, but uh, watch out! I hear uh, after four gigs, you start having problems. Well, no, I have no idea. It's. I think this motherboard doesn't like hard drives over thirty-two gigs. Oh, that makes because, sense. Because uh, somewhere else, I have a forty gig, an eighty, and a one twenty, and mm-hmm. it didn't like any of those. So uh, I'm imagining that's IDE. Uh, yes. Yeah, man, that's old. So yeah. Anyways, uh, Chris just messaged me saying that oh today doesn't look good either, but that's okay because we're already doing it. Nice the podcast that is. Yeah. Hi, Chris. <laughs> See you next. <coughs> so. Yeah. Um, so yeah, yeah. I can appreciate playing StarCraft on this small monitor here, as opposed to a really big twenty-four inch one. Right. So, um, on the upside, the refresh rate may be better. So, yeah, but your eyes will still bleed anyway. Well, I mean, one way or the other. Actually, apparently, Windows ninety-eight likes to jack up the refresh rate as far as it'll go. So. Like playing StarCraft, it'll default to like 120 hertz on the monitor. So, yeah. You just can't win. (laughs) So, yeah, I hope to have uh, fun with this. And uh, as mentioned, the uh, sound card uh, that I also scrapped apparently doesn't work or something. So, so, yeah. No, I'm sure. I'm sure it'll work out eventually. Hey, maybe I can play some death metal on that sound card. Uh, only if it works. But, however, sure. even if you don't get it to work, it still sounds like death metal when that drive is going. So, <laughs> either way. <laughs> exactly. Hey, I really don't know anything about death metal, but that's kind of like what it sounds like. Well, that's what it sounds like to us, yes. And and I might get confused. Because I'm not sure if it's a death metal band or an Ikea product. So I found a quiz that, you know, to see if you can tell them apart. And I have no idea about any of that. Uh, Not about metal or Ikea or Swedish names. But somehow I got 14 out of 20 right. Yeah, you did better than I did. I only got 10 right. Hmm. That's not but, too bad. But so I, I was taking it, and, and so I'm just sitting there, and, and then I, I get the first one, I, I, I get like three right in a row, and then the first one that I get wrong, it plays this most horrible, disgusting, <laughs> wrong sound. And it's like, really now? <laughs> and the dog looks up at me and just looks in fear. <laughs> so, um, see, I also came across some intellectual jokes uh, that I thought were pretty cool. I like some of them, although your first one is a little bit out there for me, so. Uh, your mother is so classless, she could be a Marxist utopia. Yeah, yeah. That, that could be good, but i uh not not familiar with my Marxism. So, yeah, uh, hi, Mom. So <laughs> That's I, terrible. I uh, tell you a UDP joke, but you might not get it. So I could tell you a joke about TCP, but I'd have to keep repeating it until you got it. Uh, and uh, there's a band called 1023 Megabytes. They haven't had any gigs yet. 
I thought that one was pretty good. Yeah. Uh, there are two types of people in the world. Those who can extrapolate from incomplete data sets. And then crickets. Yes. Yeah. So uh, did you uh, get a chance to see the rest of these? Because this link doesn't appear to work right now. Well, no. So I, I, I looked at your show notes a few days ago, and I'm sure I clicked on it. And I'm sure I read a few then, but I can't get to it now anymore. So Yeah. I'm sure it'll come back someday. So, yeah, this is a case where Firefox fails and Chrome fails. Well, and you know what even fails more? The uh, Google Cache even doesn't have it. So it's very mysterious. Hmm. So uh, just a friendly reminder, your mind does shape and affect your surroundings, even if you aren't in direct control over it. So, you know, this is like sort of like that metaphysical stuff that, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, if you sit back and think about it, it sort of matches up. So, like, even thinking that you don't want something to happen makes it happen. And there are four levels of consciousness. Yes. It's very complicated. Yeah. Consciousness, unconsciousness, blah, combinatorial explosion. Yeah, pretty much. So, you've heard about bad Indian programmers, right? Oh, yeah. And you know, I've I've actually have examples of Indian programmers who are really good. <clears throat> but uh, why are so many of them bad? And uh, you know, I came across an article a while back about this, and uh, uh, like it has you know some pretty good reasons. Uh, given the economic situation in India since the mid '90s, IT is often the best job option for a young adult in India and picks up an IT job regardless of whether he has a genuine interest in the field. That is the reason why so many Indian programmers you encountered are demotivated, uninterested, and produce less than the desired quality of work. They're not stupid, they're demotivated. And, in other words, they're not passionate about what they do. They're just there for the money. Right, and I can see how a lot of jobs in India would also be the same way. So, and just a disclaimer, this affects all nationalities. Right. This isn't necessarily, you know, Indian specific, but, you know. And it's not even IT specific. I mean, uh, if you're just doing a call center job, nobody's really motivated to do a call center job. Yeah. Uh, Even though I hear over there that's, you know, like a really good thing, like a really lucrative job over there. I'm sure it is, but but nobody's really motivated. So, uh, but maybe... uh, that can be traced with the compulsion of Indians wanting to get college degrees. And I have an article here written by an Indian entrepreneur that, uh, you know, took one of those non-traditional routes, you know, has a story similar to that of, you know, Bill Gates or Steve Jobs. Um, he says that almost everyone I meet today asks me where I got my MBA, and when I tell them that I'm an entrepreneur, uh, they get shocked beyond belief. When I tell them that I'm a college dropout and still manage to get by running two businesses, both of which are in high tech, for some reason, Indians just can't deal with the fact that someone without pedigree can get somewhere in life. It's unbelievable that you can be a good programmer, successful businessman, or a great marketer without a random college degree. Well, I mean, I guess that that, that could just be part of the training there that, that's in their mindset now. I don't yeah. know if it was always like that. Yeah, I mean, what did they do before colleges? 
I mean, I, so I feel like that had something to do with the great Britain, British Empire that, that swarmed over there, you know, 250 yeah. years ago. Uh, before that, there weren't really colleges, as far as I know, yeah. in India. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's, you know, if you're anywhere else, you know, if you connect the dots, you know, like all these successful people, they went to college, so they have the knowledge to do, you know, and to do whatever. Um, but it's not necessarily always that way. Right. And, uh, this guy, you know, tells of, you know, how initially his family was like all negative about it. No, you need to go to college and, you know, get a good job that way. Um, but apparently his parents like really quickly flipped on that and it's like, Hey, you have a good job already. Do it. Right. Exactly. Okay, so now for this week's LOL ECMO. <laughs> now, it's funny, because I'm sure Chris wouldn't have known what ECMO was. Yeah, and uh, <sighs> I'm pretty sure that none of our other listeners do either. Why not? They should. Uh, technically, it doesn't stand for anything. No, no, it doesn't. Uh, but originally, it uh, stood for, I think it was like the European Computer Manufacturers Association. Yeah, uh... But now it's sort of like a generalized into just a standards organization. And and really for only one standard of any relevance. So I'm pretty sure that JSON, you know, that JavaScript object notation thing, was mm-hmm. already a standardized thing. <clears throat> pretty sure. But just to be sure, uh, ECMA has decided to standardize it as ECMA 404. So JavaScript they, like... standard not found. They're like... That is so bad, in a way. And, uh, wow, I, I don't know what to say about that. Yeah. It's really clever, but also really weird. Yeah, and I wonder if this was an accident. I don't think so. Like, there's no way somebody on their their uh, approval list didn't see it. <laughs> so, let's see. Uh, other ECMA standards is JavaScript... Uh, which is like technically ECMAScript or something. Yeah, um, that's exactly what see, it is. See, I think C Sharp has an ECMA standard, and I think a few other Microsoft's things have ECMA standards as well. Apparently, they also support the OpenOffice XML formats, and yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm not a not a big fan. So, so yeah, good luck with that. Mm-hmm. So, um, I'm not exactly sure if this applies to you, but your career is a mess. You think I don't, so? I don't think so. Yeah, um, but uh, you might think that job histories can be summed up in a linear sequence of events. Ha! <laughs> Stop fooling yourself. So I came across uh, uh, this an article from uh, Ray Bahat, which is the chair... Not to mention uh, this website here is a uh, founder dating. That's funny, too. Yeah. Uh, so Roy Bahat is the chairman of Ooh yeah! You know, that Android console. I do, that we haven't heard a lot about since uh, a long time ago. Yeah. Uh, check the uh, Innuendo show for more information. Or not. Uh, <laughs> uh, and formerly the president of IGN. 
So that's impressive. Yeah. So uh, he goes on saying here that uh, you know, like you, uh, like apparently in the olden days, a career looked like one job, and that was it. Right. And then uh, when he was in school, then it's like one job, second job, third job, and then unemployed, and then your last job, which I guess in uh, this definition could be your most recent job. As in, as not in your final job ever, just your most recent one. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, I was out of a job before this or something. But um, apparently in his uh, experience, that apparently he uh, got involved in investing somewhere. And that sort of be- became like a, like a moonlighting job for him. And then he got uh, involved in a startup and then he uh, took another job. So, yeah. Apparently, there's quite a bit of overlap in his uh, career. So, so I think I, w- I wonder if that's like a, a Silicon Valley kind of like way of thinking about it because I don't think normal people have so much non-linear jobs. Like uh, traditionally, people go into a field and you stay there even if they don't like it, or they just quit working. So, or they go to uh, college in the middle of their lives and you know do something totally different. Right. That occasionally happens. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's people like my mom who hold, like, I don't know, five part-time jobs concurrently. Yeah. You know, it's it's really nice that, uh, you know, as soon as all of her kids leave the house, that she works herself to death. So, mm. it happens. Yeah. So... <clears throat> Have you ever uh, asked for a t-shirt but got a job instead? No, I've never never had that. Yeah, me neither. This sounds like one of those uh, you know, fairy tale legend things. So It does sound like that. Uh Ben Mills uh started to work on an open source project or several of them uh for Balanced, uh which is a payment processor, you know, sort of like PayPal. Um he he eventually asked for a t-shirt uh, he got three. Um, and this is after the company asked, you know, hey, would you like to come work for us? Uh, but apparently he had a situation where he couldn't exactly move to, you know, wherever. Um, the company eventually compromised on its no remote workers policy and it gave him a job anyway. It's pretty impressive. Yeah. Hmm. Well, you know, it's a, it's a big trend now to uh, start removing your remote worker policy so that everybody has to work in an office. You know, uh, Marissa Meyer started that at Yahoo, and I think uh, other companies have done it since recently. Yeah. Um, and with my last job that I had, it was sort of a problem because my manager is in Virginia mm-hmm. or was in Virginia or whatever. So, you know... It's okay to work from home, like, maybe half the time, but when you only see your manager, like, one or two days a month, that's a little bit of a problem. Right, yeah, that's not enough direction. Even though, in theory, it shouldn't, you know, there's, like, certain psychological barriers with that. Mm Mm-hmm, well, it's nice to see people, right. So, and then, uh, I remember for about a week or so, she'd call me, like, five times a day. And then, like, the next week, uh, she didn't call me at all for, like, a day or two. 
And when she finally does, it's like, I'm getting a little worried. You haven't called me five times a day. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. So, yeah. Uh, Matt Swanson has a simple way of validating email addresses. Just look for the at sign. Uh, Because if you actually look at the, uh, like, the official regular expression for email addresses... It's I, like, is there an official one? Yes, and oh, it's that's nice. Mind-bogglingly long. What, like every sub, every domain name, uh, TLD possible? Um, wouldn't appa- be surprised. Apparently, it would validate with any of any of those, but mm-hmm. it's like really, 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 really like absurdly long. Yeah, not like surprised. Longer than any regex has the right to be long. <laughs> Regex has very few rights, so, yeah. So, you know, hey, uh, you know, I think it's, uh, like, Zawinski's Law or something that, you know, it's like, oh, hey, I have a problem. I think I'll use Regex. Now you have two problems. So, yes, I've, I've heard of that law, yes. Um, yeah, and I'm not really too good at uh, Regex. Neither but- am I. But, you know, like, I'll use it to, like, pull out all the numbers in a string or something. Mm-hmm. You know, like, really simple things like that. You know, that's obvious that, you know, regex is, like, the easiest way to do this. So. So, for for this solution, just looking for the at side. So, if you, well, what if it's still not a valid email address? Like, uh, are your dashes allowed in email addresses these days? Yes. Hmm, never see any. Um, what Be- isn't allowed domains. in an email? Domain oh, addresses. Okay, but what about in the front? Uh, I think so. Okay. Um, I, I I just feel like there's some weird things that you also would have to look for, but uh, probably not a big deal. Yeah. Like I'm sure your SMTP server would just not send it if it didn't work. Yeah. Um, and if you actually needed to, you know, validate it, you probably need to like send email to that address anyway. So why don't right. you so why don't you try to send an email to that address to make sure that it works? Right. Yeah, that's probably good enough. Yeah, definitely. So and then uh he also brings up another point that if you say copy a contact from Outlook that it gives the name and then the email address in brackets. Yeah, I hate that thing. So, yeah. Fortunately, you- fortunately the company I work for doesn't use Outlook. So we use uh, Gmail. Yeah, you're so lucky. Um, yeah. So my mom does this to me all the time. She she'll want me to read something somebody sent her at work, and she'll just copy in all of their Outlook stuff, and it's terrible. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, people still don't know how to use uh, BCC. No, no, they don't. So, um, hey, you're a regular listener to the show, more or less. Uh, did you catch the part about uh, the ARM 64-bit? And that, that huge long list about why it was great? Yeah. Yeah, I did catch that. So uh, I don't remember any of it, but I caught it. <laughs> um, so in a follow-up to that article uh, about how Apple extended uh, the ARM architecture to 64-bits, uh, here's a long explanation of why registers are so much faster than RAM. So... And the uh, long and short of it, uh, spoiler alert, uh, there are loads of more transistors talked to, like a memory management unit and a memory controller, which means lag. So that's why 
registers are so much faster than RAM. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, he starts with, you know, the obvious, the uh, fun problem of the proximity. You know, like, the registers are in the CPU itself, whereas RAM is, like, maybe a far few away. inches away. Yeah, but that's still far away compared to being there. Yeah. Yeah. So... Yeah, that, that whole machine architecture thing is fascinating, but it it really just goes over my head completely. Yeah, I took a class on it, and and I understood it for that week, and then it just left. <laughs> so, uh, have you ever been to a website and tried to sign up for their free trial, but it asked for a credit card number? Yes, up front? yes, I have so many times. Yes, uh, then you decided that it suddenly wasn't worth it. Yeah, because I don't even have a credit card. So. I have a card, but I don't exactly want to give out give it out willy nilly. Very wise. Uh, apparently, we're not alone. Uh, asking for card info later increases conversions. Mm-hmm. In other words, you get more customers. Definitely. You know, if we had a sponsor here on the network, maybe like Squarespace, if we had them, they only ask for your uh, card after your free fourteen day trial has expired. Yeah. So you know, you've tried it out, then you have. <clears throat> Then you have all these reasons to, hey, I I can pay for this now. I have no guilt about, you know, allowing you to charge my card. Right, exactly. So, yeah. And, uh, you know, it gives quotes here about someone stubborn that really wants to do, uh, you know, have a credit card number up front kind of deal. So, like, one of the places I've been to that wanted a credit card up front, you know, it seems really weird in retrospect. Um, but so when I built the first and original Nexus website, I wanted to use a WordPress framework called Hybrid. And in order to get into the docs of Hybrid, you needed to give them your credit card so that they could charge you for it. And there wasn't really even a trial. So they wanted to charge you to access their documentation? Right, so the code is code is free and open source, but the docs are paywalled, basically. Whoa, that is retarded. <laughs> yeah, so I basically just Sorry, over. Sorry, Ian, I said that word. Wait, which Ian do you, has the problem? Uh, Buckface. Oh, okay, well, that's fine. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, so I basically just spent days instead reading the source code, because I wasn't going to pay for that. So... That's a very weird thing. I've never heard that before. Yeah, you, you don't want to experience the paywall of docs. That's wrong. Yeah, that sh- that's like a crime against nature. Yeah. So, um, you remember Google Fiber? I do. And uh, apparently there was a uh, uh, some madness around their uh, terms of service in that they wouldn't allow servers. Right, it was a few months ago, I think, that, that somebody was trying to host their own server and they were getting blocked. Yeah, and, uh, you know, Google wanted to be, you know, totally different. So, um, apparently, Google has changed their terms of service and that it, you can explicitly run servers for non-commercial purposes on Google Fiber. That's great. So, uh, let's see. Like, one of the bullet points here under Use Google Fiber Properly... Uh, one of the points here to operate servers for commercial purposes. However, personal non-commercial use of servers that complies with this policy is acceptable, uh, including using VPNs, access to your home, and using hardware appliances that include server, server capabilities 
blah, 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 gaming, conferencing, security. Like, just about everything that you buy now has a little server built into it. Like, you buy a printer, and it has a web interface, which is basically a little HTTP server. Yeah. There's nothing that you don't own that hooks up to your Wi-Fi network that doesn't have a server in it. So, uh, even routers have Right, servers. exactly. So... Yes. Their own product has a server in it. Oh, no! <gasps> but I think the problem is if it goes over the, uh, the external internet. Oh, link. yeah. So, mm-hmm. in other words, you don't exactly want anyone in the world to print to your printer. Oh, no, you don't. Well... No, certainly not. Well, maybe. If it, you if you wanted to do, like, a honeypot thing. You probably still don't want it. Yeah, paper. Yeah, I'm sure there's going to be a problem somewhere along the line. It's it's cheap, but... Uh, Not can, cheap it, enough. It, it can pile up pretty fast. Paper it's, does that. It's it's cheap, but it's not free. Okay, well, <laughs> we'll go that way, I guess. Yeah. Well, you know, speaking of changed terms of service, Google also changed terms of service elsewhere, specifically Google-wide. So if you use Google+, even if you don't use Google+, anytime you plus one something, review something on their Yelp clone, I don't even know what they call it, just map reviews, I guess. Right. Anytime you do anything, basically, they reserve the right now to use your profile picture and name on their ads, basically. So, you know, when uh, you Google something and you see that little yellow box on the top of your Google Mm -hmm. search result page, well... Your uh, name and profile picture might just be stamped all over it now. Uh, if you if you've previously liked whatever that ad serves, hmm, how nice. Well, now if you, if you've seen the horrible blue bar in the past week or so, this is the cause of that. This is what they're alerting you to. Okay, yeah. So uh, I guess this is another reason to not change my Google profile from whatever it is with like whatever avatar I have on there. I don't know what avatar you do have. However, when I see it, I think of uh, Q from Star Trek Next Generation. See, I think it's uh, uh, one of the guys from the Spanish Inquisition from Monty Python. That works, too. Yeah. um, I think specifically, get the comfy chair. That's Mm -hmm. that's the face made with that. Yeah, see, I, I, I I just have never seen all of these, so I don't know. So, but you don't watch TV, so it's okay. Yeah, you know how it is. Yeah, me neither. So yeah. Hey, uh, remember all those Thailand floods a year ago? And how was it only a year ago? Or two years ago? Or what? Was it only two years ago? Man, it seems like ages. Yeah, and how it took until about now for hard drive prices to normalize. Yeah, pretty much. So as Moore's law nears its supposed end, the same could happen with uh, chip fabs. So. Uh, this article points out to how, you know, as uh, processes for processors and memory and, you know, semiconductors in general, like how things have gotten smaller and smaller, the number of companies who manufacture uh, integrated circuits, uh, they have also shrunk as well. From like 20 down to 5. Yeah, I can see that. So... And, uh, like, apparently he noticed, like, these centralized facilities, you know, makes them vulnerable. Uh, but, but counterintuitive, but counterintuitively, excuse me, uh, not to small groups like terrorists. Um, and he says Moore's Law can be steered by affecting these facilities. 
And, you know, he goes to a comparison with uh, hard drives and how, you know, like one flood knocked out a significant portion of the world's manufacturing capabilities. And, uh, you know, in fact, you know, like hard drive prices, in fact, doubled and stayed that way for a long time. And how well, they didn't go down for a long time either. I wonder how much of that was due to, well, so the doubling initially was due to the flood, but the, the length of time it took to come back to, you know, appropriate pricing levels, I wonder how much of that was just, oh, well, we can get away with it now. Yeah. Yeah. So, and, you know, he notes out that, yeah, terrorism is sort of a threat, but not really. Not really. You know, like it should be. Well, you know, speaking of uh, fabs and, you know, chips, Intel, uh, you know, they they have their Haswell, and that just came out, you know, in June, more or less. But, right. you know, it's still working its way into computers even now. Well, Broadwell should have been starting production in a month or so. Well, I feel like we already knew this, but they're officially telling us now that Broadwell's even more delayed. Yeah, I saw that on uh, Ars Technica this morning. And so uh, apparently they're having a fabrication problem. Their their yield rates are just not near the level that they need to be to make it uh, effective. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, they were supposed to be doing their, what is this? It's, it's going from 22 nanometers to 14 nanometers. Yeah. Well, you know, that, that was supposed to be happening at the end of this year and all of next year. Well, we're going to have to wait, you know, quite some time now, maybe, you know, another nine months to even get going on that. They say early next year, but I don't believe them. Yeah, um, and like going from 22 to 14, that's like 40% smaller. Mm-hmm. That's almost half the size. Right, and and it's it, it's when you're going when you're going 40%, but that's something that's already 22 nanometers. You really don't have much room for you know for any problems. Yeah, and so they they, they the rest of their uh, research and development pipeline roadmap states that in 2015 and beyond, we'll be researching 10, 7, and 5 nanometer uh, products. Yeah, um, pretty soon they'll have to like count the individual atoms. Right. So. Well, what would that be, like AU's atomic units? Great. Uh, maybe. Hey, but then, then that might be good, though. Maybe we'll uh, get some bigger numbers again. So maybe we'll restart our numbering. So, you know, 95 nanometers, 45 nanometers, 32, 28. Maybe we'll have to start up again, you know, 500 AUs. <laughs> well, I'm not exactly sure the conversion from uh, AUs or whatever to uh, nanometers. So No, I don't know either, but I, uh, it sounds fun anyway. Of course, when you say AU, I'm thinking astronomical unit. Oh, I know. <laughs> That's the point. So, anyways, uh, I've uh, mentioned uh, Shumway before. Uh, it's that uh, JavaScript uh, uh, sort of replacement program or something for uh, Adobe Flash. Yes, that the one Mozilla- that you talked about last week yeah that mozilla is working on apparently you c- it is now available as a firefox extension oh isn't that funny that it's an extension so apparently they uh, will be integrating this into firefox later so is it is it is it a joke that the shumway banner is in flash um i guess it's supposed to be a demonstration of you know something that is a swift but can be viewed in the Shumway thing. Okay, well, I'm downloading the extension. So, I've already... Installing the extension. I've already did that, and uh, 
you know, installed it and uh, restarted my Firefox, but it still wants to play in uh, Flash. Flash. <laughs> I'm having that same problem right now. Um. So uh, apparently now uh, I don't use Firefox a lot, but apparently you don't need to restart for extensions anymore. Um. I went ahead and did it anyway. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. That didn't work out. Hold on. Let me uh try a different page. You, to this, you may this have racing. to. You may have to configure the extension. So. Oh no! I guess it does work. It's horribly slow from the looks of it, though. Hmm. Um. So I I did one of the examples down below the like the racing two. There the racing AS two type thing. I don't know. Right. Well, I'm glad it works. I think. So, anyways. Mm -hmm. So, uh, back to our NSA news, uh, after not, uh, you know, sort of ignoring them for a while. I heard somebody yelled at you about that. Yeah. I forget exactly who, but... uh, I don't know why anybody would yell at you about that. (laughs) Anyways, in response to those meddling NSA kids, uh, GoDaddy has revoked LavaBits SSL certificate. So... Uh, you know, apparently the, uh, private key was leaked to the FBI, so GoDaddy, you know, even though they're, like, the, uh, big overlords who really don't care about the web, uh, apparently cared enough to, uh, you know, revoke their certificate. Now, wasn't LavaBit the, you know, encrypted email service? Yes. So... That Snowden used to, you know, uh, send out the NSA docs. So did LavaBit really buy their SSL certificate from GoDaddy? Uh, apparently. What were they thinking? So if if they had bought it from someone else, this might have happened anyway. I'm sure it would have, but then I wouldn't be angry. I would just be like, okay, well, they had to do it. But GoDaddy's a horrible company, so they, they, yeah. they wanted to do it. So, uh, but then... Uh, Apparently, LavaBit uh, ha- now has a temporary 72-hour key for users to recover data. Why well, aren't they closing anyway? Um, yeah, uh, but now apparently users can get in to uh, get out their data. Great. So, which may already be expired as of now. Yeah. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Good luck with that. Well, you know, GoDaddy never ceases to amaze me, so uh, they did the next amazing thing. They decided to buy Media Template. Have you ever heard of Media Template? Not really. So, if you were back in the great old days of the JavaScript wars, back in the day of jQuery and MooTools battle for dominance, or maybe even Prototype, well, you would have heard about Media Template back then because Media Template was the Rubyist's favorite hipster host. It was a uh, you know it was a dedicated or VPS sliced shared host kind of like thing so you could either do dedicated or you could do vps uh hosting there but they were also a free supporter so they would give away free accounts that were pretty good to open source projects and so mutuals i believe is still hosted on media template even now and so this week godaddy decided to just buy them Hmm. godaddy says that they're going to be run as an independent company but we know the truth There'll be race cars everywhere. <laughs> so, interesting. So, yeah, I'm not exactly, uh, you know, up to date on, you know, hosting services. 
But well, they were only notable because they hosted a lot of open source projects. That that's the only reason they were relevant. Oh, and Ruby people like them that too. So, were they? Did they do sort of like what SourceForge did, or? Um, no. So they instead of being like SourceForge, where everything that you did was in their platform, right? It was more like a VPS. So you would get a pretty good free VPS from them if you were running an open source project. So in other that, words, like a web server. Right, exactly. It was so, you could do whatever you wanted with it. You could but, put your your but, testing demons and uh, your your compilers and everything, oh, and you could okay. just be there. And so it was really nice. And so okay, uh, Mutuals did it, and so they put their test swarm and their Travis and whatever weird things they use to test their code. Okay, so I was sort of thinking like you know just a public facing web server like here's the project. Oh no no it was it was you know, free free reign, and that's why it was so good at the time. So, um, I wonder if they supported Node.js. I'm pretty sure they didn't. So, but, um, hey, speaking about that, uh, Ghost recently, uh, got released to the public, so... You know, I, it did. I, I remember that you uh, were a Kickstarter backer on that, so... I, I was. Let's so, see, what is the domain name? Try Ghost. So, uh, have you been playing around with that of late? Well, I've got quite the story, and I don't think we talked about it on ATN, so I, I could tell you about it so, if you want to know. Well, uh, could you uh, put it down in the feats? Oh, yeah, yeah, sure. We'll do that. Yeah. Okay, great. Excellent. So, I'm pretty sure that we knew this all anyway, but now we have hard proof that the NSA has a replica of your IM and uh, email contacts. Wow, that's uh, not a surprise. So, yeah, just like all the spammers do. So, did, did did anybody say how they went about to get this? Uh, yeah. Uh, so, apparently, you know, just with, uh, you know, like their uh, internet fiber tapping, mm-hmm. that, uh, you know, they pretty much sniff everything that goes by, and this is how what happens. That's unfortunate. Yeah. But not really surprising. So, I wonder how they do, like, inter-Google address things. Right, yeah. Well, so I I never use uh, ancient IM services like MSN, which is gone now anyway, uh, or like uh, Yahoo or or, uh, AIM. Yeah, exactly. I never use any of those. So I wonder if those would also be susceptible because I assume they would be, but aren't those, isn't everybody secured under SSL now too? Like, isn't it all encrypted over the wire? Uh, Well, except NSA supposedly has those keys. Oh, well, bloody crap. (laughs) You just can't win. No, no, you can't. So, uh, and good luck uh, getting back your contacts. <laughs> uh, they can have them. I don't want them. So, uh, Demand Progress and Fight for the Future have released the NSA video, uh, which, you know, is pretty much what all that they're doing, the NSA is, uh, pretty much explaining why you should be against this, uh, though I wish it had been much, much longer and had comparisons to Hitler. Really? Do you really wish that? Or at least, you know, some kind of comparison to totalitarian governments. Oh, okay. Because totalitarian governments, you know, do exactly what the NSA has been doing. Yeah, definitely. So, well, you and, know, and comparisons to Hitler have more of a effect. You know, they definitely do. So, you know, if you know, you say it's like, oh, this is doing exactly what Nazi Germany did. You know, more people would probably be against them. Yeah, but then I would feel uh, then I I feel like all the people who uh Yeah, I don't know. I have no, no thoughts. Dog so. barking deleted thoughts. 
So, uh, anyways, let's not talk about the NSA for a bit and talk about programming patterns, uh, specifically okay. as they apply to games. Wow, that's really cool. And uh, I came across this book quite a while ago. So, and uh, let's see, have you ever taken a class that sort of went over programming patterns? Uh, not specifically. We did some in, our, in my algorithms class, but it was mostly on algorithms at that point. Yeah, I've, I haven't taken a specific class about uh, programming patterns, though I remember that Chris did. I think it would be really cool to take a class on it, actually. Yeah. Because so, I never know when to use a singleton or a factory. Yeah. Um, and even even now, you know, uh, pretty much in all the, uh, you know, internal business apps that I've, you know, worked on, mm-hmm. it's very much a model view controller type deal. Right. So, and in fact, like, there are, uh, I guess, easily 90% of Java web frameworks uh, are MVC type frameworks, at least by usage. Yeah, definitely. So, yeah. So now you can, uh, you know, apply other patterns when you're doing games, which is a very different type of, uh, you know, programming. Than, well, I've never uh, heard of a flyweight pattern. Yeah. Um, I've heard of it, but I haven't really looked into it, and I certainly haven't used a flyweight pattern. So... And, of course, you know, I've uh, used uh, state classes before. Um, you know, singleton is pretty easy. You know, uh, so for a long time now, I, like, I use singletons everywhere in the modern Nexus website. But from what I hear, singletons are bad for testing code because for some reason. Yeah. So I guess it depends on how you implement it. If everything's mm-hmm. static, that's very bad. Yeah. But if you actually instantiate a singleton, uh, then like you can implement some other interface. Uh, oh, that's true. So the way I wrote mine was uh, it, it actually does make a regular class object, or a regular object that's, it, that is instantiated that just stores it inside the singleton. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, as you were talking about Ghost. Oh, Ghost. Is it feed time? Yes. Okay, well, Ghost. So I really liked Ghost about uh, 10 months ago when they decided to start pitching the idea. Um, And, you know, uh, the Kickstarter didn't get to its $250,000 goal. They only got, you know, maybe half halfway to that. So they got, you know, more than 150, but less than 250. So... That was good, but we don't get all of our fancy, you know, service or software as a surface service hosting mm-hmm. service. And so you basically right now have to run it on your own server, which, as you might have heard, is a problem because that's not easy. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, so most shared hosting does not have Node.js as a backend, so I can't host it externally. So that's not even a possibility. And if I did want to, I'd have to pay the Zoogles of dollars. Yes. Be- because Node.js is not very popular, and there are very few hosts, which means there's no competition, which uh, means prices are high. Yes, a gazoogle. Probably ten gazoogles. Hmm. I'm not exactly sure how many Google is a zagoogle. Um, well, um, multiply the number by the uh, inverse of the Bitcoin and add five. <laughs> Go on. <laughs> I will. So... I um, a few weeks ago, because I was a Kickstarter, the uh, Kickstarter team decided to actually roll out their early access to their Kickstarter pledgers, which is cool. That's what Kickstarter's for. Mm-hmm. And so I was sure that I had paid enough. I had paid the fifteen dollar you know level to get that early access because I thought it would be fun. Well, I never saw my invite until. I thought, well, where is my invite? I'm going to go look for it. So I checked my spam folder. Uh, Do you know all the categories in Gmail now? Do you use any of those? Uh, I've hidden those. Oh, so I use those. I like them. So I checked my categories, didn't find them there. Where's my invite? So you went over to your other Google inbox, and it was in spam. Exactly. So I went over to my other Google inbox, and uh, that would be my Ryan.Rampersat inbox. And uh, you well, kid, look, you kids with your multiple Gmail inboxes, what yeah, are we gonna yeah, so, do? Yeah. So I, I Gmail doesn't forward spam, which is very nice and kind of them. However, it did not help me in this case. Now I really must ask, though, how did Kickstarter? Well, I guess it wasn't th- sent through Kickstarter. How did Ghost somehow get a host? that was unable to send email clear and free. Like even like pretty much anybody can do it. Like even my one in one server that is undoubtedly filled with spam in the real world um, can send emails without being, you know, caught. I have no idea how they failed at this. Hmm. So I get my invite, I sign in, everything works, but then the setup procedure. Oh my gosh, is it crazy? So I think it's running on my server right now. I have no idea how to even get to it, how even how to turn it on, because <laughs> no JS doesn't function like, you know, other. There's a dog. Got to watch out for that. <laughs> it's he's she's fighting with the cat. Well, Ghost doesn't function very well on um, you know normal things because it doesn't run on HTTP. It, it or well, no, it does. I mean, it doesn't. <laughs> doesn't run on Apache. Right. HTTPD. And so what you have to do is you have to run your Node.js server, and that, that's a travesty on its own. But to even before I even started running it and configuring it, I had to figure out which version of Node.js to install. And to install Node.js, you have to uh, install NPM, which is the Node Package Manager. Right. And that is a travesty because... The URLs that every single guide on the internet says to use to download it with curl, well, that URL has moved. So I had to figure out what the moved URL was. And why didn't they just add a 302 redirect? I don't know. Right. So it only took me four hours to figure out all this stuff. And so now I do have my lovely little ghost running over there unused. Somewhere. Uh, and, And so most of the features that ghost, you know, said and promised... They're not there yet. So if you look for the analytics thing that that's on the front page yeah. of the features section, that beautiful analytics thing, it's not implemented yet. 
Hmm. Which is probably the most enticing part of Ghost. Yeah, that's that seems to be you know like the best part about it. And and so, Ghost aside from apparently you know authoring your posts in Markdown, which apparently I do now. Then that's great. I I would love to do that. I yeah. Think. Um. But so the 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 point of Ghost for me wasn't Ghost itself. I mean, it it would be great if it was a successful platform. And it'd be great to learn no. But there was an ulterior motive, I hear. There is an ulterior motive, and that that is the complete and utter destruction of WordPress as we know it, and the reformation of this horrible platform I use every day of my life. And by and by platform, I mean WordPress. Um, So since Ghost launched, if you go into WordPress.org and you look at all of the new groups that have been made, there's substantial groups now. I think there's about 12 of them just right now that are concurrently active committing code not to the core of WordPress but instead to like side projects. So we have we have the core team which is on its own. We have the UI group, the mobile group, accessibility group, whatever the polygots group is, not sure. We have the documentation group, which is great. They're doing a complete overhaul on the inline documentation of WordPress. Uh, They're not charging for it, are they? No, they are not charging (laughs) for it. It's in the source code. We have the plugins group and community group and meta group. And so we've got a bunch of groups now, and they're all doing their own thing, and it's really just great. So WordPress is being made better in fear of Ghost. That's a good thing. Yes, it is. It is absolutely wonderful. It is best outcome I could see. So, um, have fun with that. I will. Thank you. So, uh, you just sent in some uh, feedback today. Oh, did I? Yeah, or at least huh. I just got it today. Yeah. See, it. So, I write my feedback in uh, Evernote. I think I've mentioned that before, and apparently, Evernote doesn't send feedback to you unless I send it. Hmm. So when I listen to the show and then I put my phone down, I forget to send it because I assume Evernote will just get it there and it doesn't. So it, um, that's sort of the thing I do, except I don't use Evernote and I actually remember to send the thing. Is well. That, <laughs> is that when, uh, whenever I'm, you know, whenever I'm not playing a game and listening to your podcast that I have like Notepad++ open that I, you know, scrabble down whatever thoughts. Yeah, then, usually I'm listening on mobile. And then copy and paste that into the form. Yeah, so that that's what I try to do, but it's always hard because I'm always listening on mobile and there aren't really keyboards and mice and multiple monitors <laughs> on mobile. Well, you don't need multiple monitors. I'd love to have multiple phone screens. <laughs> you know, just, just, just like three right here. <laughs> yeah. Hi, me. Hi. <laughs> so, uh... You mentioned that in the opening there was some Andrew Bailey echoing. Yes. And that's because Chris has no headphones. How does he not have headphones? I have no idea. Apparently he just keeps losing them or some people keep stealing them or something. That's crazy. Yeah, especially since apparently the old headphones he had were like all beaten and chewed up or something. And Well, a, yeah. from what he says, someone stole them. So. How does that happen? I don't know. Chris Chris could easily, you know, steal stuff like that or something. He, you know, he, I guess you just have to live with them for a couple of months to understand that. <laughs> I, I understand. <laughs> um, 
Uh, you mentioned that PayPal is evil. So evil. Um, f- from a developer standpoint, they're not that bad. Uh, I wouldn't know of actually using them since I don't have a PayPal account. Uh, but using them as a payment processor for, for some other site isn't painful. Uh, though I would wish that other site would use Amazon instead since Amazon really likes to hold on to my card info for some reason. Boo, Amazon. Wait, so you don't want them to hold on to it? That's right. Why not? Because I want to enter in my info each time. Well, that's a lot of work, though. True, but, you know, it adds in as like, okay, I really want to buy whatever. Well, and, you know, Amazon's and, whole thing is one click, of course. And, you know, you know, in theory, you know, that other site won't have a copy of my card, so if they get hacked, it'll be impossible for them to recover it. In theory. But, Am- but Amazon only has the copy, not the other site. So, true, but what if Amazon gets hacked? Well, then if Amazon gets hacked, everyone's screwed, all 230 million customers. Exactly. That's okay. Like, if Amazon gets screwed... No, that's not okay. That's fine. My stuff got hacked. That is not okay. It's great. If Amazon gets hacked, I will get so much money out of that settlement. (laughs) So, or or at least get refunded of, you know, like, whatever illegitimate charges were charged. Right. So, um, what's that popping sound, you ask? Well, Chris likes to play around with things on his desk. Apparently. And if you uh, listen to pretty much any episode with him in it, he's toying around with something. Uh, You heard my dog, so I guess it happened. Yeah. Um, Plus, it seems like you have, like, a hardwood floor in there. Yeah. It clicks. Yeah, like, especially when dog claws walk over it or something. Yeah. So, uh, anyway, you said that I've had some allegories for the past couple of weeks, too. Uh, oh, see, that's what happens when autocorrect happens. Yeah, lol, allegories. <laughs> that's great. So, uh-oh, Blaine. Hang on for a second. Yeah, stuff like this happens when you live uh, five miles from an airport. Well, I, I live and, maybe 15 miles, so and it's like, a little bit further. And, like, in direct, like, Runway. line. Yes. Yeah. Which sucks so bad. Um, I can imagine. So, uh, you said that my favorite old game isn't that old, probably, but it was an old Microsoft game called Fury. And you... Yeah. So I, I put in a link for it, and it's called actually Fury 3, but that that's too hard to type. So Fury. And so um, that that first computer my dad bought, I think, had the game, or like when he bought it, he got the game for free or something. And, uh, you know, it's a kind of like a space planet flight simulator, and you can shoot all the aliens, and it's, it was pretty fun. Something's out there, I don't know. Cat, maybe. Yeah. And so that was a good game. Now, so the reason I said it might not be that old, maybe, is because, you know, it was probably from 98 or something. Uh, it looks like it was released uh, October or August 31st, 95. Oh, so well, that explains why it came with 95 then. Yeah, it's decently old. So, um, let's see. I forget when SimCity 2000 came out. It was probably a little bit earlier than that. Mm. So... And I remember playing that with Samant. Um, let's see. Then 
say I, I'm not sure. Maybe Load Runner Online was might have predated that as well. Oh well. Ha 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 ha! Buckface fire extinguisher. <laughs> yes, that was pretty funny. Uh, and I had really hoped that that PSU was not bad. If it was, I would have been pissed. Mm-hmm. Then you also added ha 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 ha! Buckface arm door arm cell phone. <laughs> So I guess that's just part of the Nexus.tv lore at this point. Yeah, it really is. So, and you had mentioned no visual, that's too bad. BIOS problem about the uh, old computer, and, well, that's no longer a problem. So I think it turned out to be the RAM. See the blog Mm. post. Mm -hmm. Uh, Quote, that's good, at least you got pants on. And so apparently Chris said this to you, and I was, uh... Yes, yes, um... Which alluded to the fact that he didn't. I don't know. Um, which is odd because I generally do have pants on when I podcast. Right. You know, this apartment tends to get a little cool in the evenings. So mm-hmm. um, you mentioned that the government uptime is dropping quickly. Uh, you don't want to fire everyone, just most of them in the Senate and House. And yeah, so you really don't want to fire all the people in the executive branch. They aren't aren't so much at fault. For government locking, they their their implementations might be poor, but they actually do real work. Yeah, um, and I voted for all new Congress searches last time. Oh, that's good. So, and uh, you said I thought you'd say we're both fans of Christopher Thompson, which <laughs> which I did sort of uh, realize that when I you know spoke it, or at least when I wrote it down the document to say it. Um, so yeah, it. You threw you for a loop there. Strange thing, that. Mm-hmm. So, and then uh, we had our little discussion on Durham. So, uh, you know, about... Uh, what did you say on your ATN there? Well, so I don't I don't know how much we talked about it on ATN, but I'm sure we did. But the same thing that we always conclude is that we don't really know what Chrome will do because, you know, Google might want to have it. Yeah, that's that's what we had sort of agreed on. But apparently, I think it might already be in mobile Chrome. Well, that's really weird because I, I, I can't see why it's in mobile Chrome. There's no reason to put Netflix support in mobile Chrome. There's an app for it. I don't understand that. Yeah. And, and there's really no reason to even put it in regular Chrome because as far as I know, you can just, uh, I don't know, uh, NACL it into Chrome. Uh, Chrome on the the Chromebook. There's really no reason. I don't understand. But then, so Safari can't do it, probably, because Apple doesn't want weird things running in their browser, and then people wouldn't be able to do it in third-party browsers on iOS. So that would be weird. And I don't think Apple really has any reason to do it on the Mac either, because there are apps on the Mac. Um, Firefox won't do it because it's Firefox, and Opera will do whatever Chrome does, because that's all they care about now. Well... I think that, uh, you know, like, as I said, Opera sides with Firefox, not Chrome. But it's really weird, though, because they're using Blink and VP8, and that's it. Like, yeah. whatever Blink uses, they're going to get, right? I'm I'm pretty sure that they could, you know... Fork Blink? Or something to disable that. Oh, so just like a browser flag, then? Yeah. Yeah, I guess they could do that, but I find that would be really weird... Like, in spirit, they'll probably side with Firefox, but in, in, in reality, they'll uh They have to do with the, the technicalities with yeah. Chrome and stuff. Mm-hmm. 
So, uh, luckily... But hopefully nobody does it. Yeah. So, which is too late, because Internet Explorer 11 Preview already does. Is that, does that even count? I mean, like, does anybody use an Internet Explorer on purpose? Apparently. I mean, like, like lots of businesses' internal web apps sort of depend on Internet Explorer. People still do that, huh? That That's terrible. I thought everybody would have got past that by now. So, um, and then, you know, like, Grandma, you know, like, people like her would use IE because that's what's there. Right. Well, so now then it's, you say it, it's only a, a IE 11, right? A preview, even. Now, and so that, as far as I know, ships with 8.1, but then will also be available on Windows 8, but not Windows 7? Not sure about that. Because if, if that's the case, then that, that penetration will not be anywhere useful in any reasonable amount of time. So right. that also doesn't matter. So anyways, um, you mentioned luckily we get no traffic at the Nexus. I think I was referring to the caching thing. Mm. Uh, you were talking about a website that didn't implement caching. Oh, yeah, the uh, that healthcare.org thing. Yeah, and so we implement caching here at the Nexus, but it doesn't matter because we don't get any traffic. Yeah, and I recall that being a problem in the early days where, like, I would come to the page, like, two days later, and it would say, posted six minutes ago. <laughs> yeah, well... <laughs> Even though so, it was two days ago. Yeah, so um, our caching on the website's really weird. Originally, it was set to 12 hours, but then the the, the flushing was set to never. <laughs> So everything would expire, but it would never get flushed. <laughs> so, yeah, I fixed that. Uh, that that reminds me of uh, uh, back in college when we were talking about programming with buffers. Ooh. And, you know, it's like, okay, be nice and flush your buffers. You know, like, flush the toilet, flush the buffers. Nice. <laughs> so uh, you mentioned that nobody loves LinkedIn. It's just something that we put up with at this point. And I, I agree. That's true. Yes. Yeah. So uh, there's not much uh, in space locally. Plus, when you type in, in an address for space, what ads would be served up? So, you know, like I sort of, you know, thought about this and probably Virgin Galactic, uh, maybe SpaceX, you know, and like but, other space, you know, private space companies. Yes. Buy your one way trip to space. Sixteen dollars and 20 cents. And millions. That's cheap now. <laughs> Oh, oh, that that was the uh, shipping for the ticket that cost two million dollars. Oh, my mistake. <laughs> um, or uh, uh, or like any one of those weird things, like uh, a free download for your space ride or something. Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, let's see. Uh, you mentioned that you found those URLs for memory footprints while on mobile. That's why I had to. Um, when I wrote the word two there, that was the word, like the number two, oh. but you know, mobile autocorrects. So, um, yeah, so on mobile, so I typed in about memory first and then it redirected to me that, that Chrome thing, that, that Chrome slash slash crap. Yeah. So yeah. at least in Firefox, it's about colon memory. That That's easier. Yep. So you mentioned backup. I should run the backup script sometime. So, and I asked, don't you lose your drives every week and you have to run it all from scratch? 
No, I don't actually. Um, so the last time I ran it, it was in summer, and uh, you know, man, I went to the U where they have fast internet, right? So you know, it's four hundred megabits down. It's pretty nice. Uh, well, it turns out the drive I had was only sixteen gigs, and mm. apparently the the copy of all the files now exceed that. I think it exceeds ten, if I recall. Well, 12, if that's the case, it is okay. currently twelve point two. Okay, well, so if that's the case, then I, I, I don't know what the problem with that drive was. But for some reason, I ran out of space and then was unable to proceed. And so I never bothered to repair the archive enough to put it onto another drive. <laughs> uh, so, uh, yeah, I should get around to that. Yeah, so now I'll be uh, doing a whole lot of backup before I leave. So, because today is International Backup Awareness Day, back up your stuff. Yes. Right? So. Always. And uh, you mentioned that the music for that episode was different than usual, but that the ending music was great. So that was the uh, Floppy Drive Orchestra. Yeah, I thought that was pretty good. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, I think of it as, uh, you know, like how a drummer just, like, collects things and, you know, drums on them. Mm-hmm. You know, it's sort of like the same thing, but with uh, computer parts. So... And uh, there's also, I think this is like one of the first floppy drive songs I ever listened to, the Phantom of the Floppera. Uh, it's uh, two five and a quarter inch drives and two three and a half inch drives playing Phantom of the Opera. So I thought that was uh, pretty cool, uh, you know, when I initially stumbled upon it. Well, I saw it, so I I was just sitting there in class when I was listening to the to the show and so then you 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 say a word and suddenly we get some guitars and it's like what happened? <laughs> so, and uh, if you would like to submit feedback, uh, go ahead and do so uh by clicking the contact link. Um apparently we might be looking for some co-hosts. So, if you would like to be on this uh podcast sort of regularly, uh Love to hear it. See, and it's so fun to be a co-host on this show or guest because we talk about real things here. Yes. And, and not uh, all that, that gadget stuff. Yeah, and uh, like not so much about games. Uh, so, hmm. yeah. Wow, that's a pretty pretty weird thing. Not games and not gadgets. What else is there? I don't know. Yeah, you know, you know when people think about tech news, like they think it's like, oh, iPhones, Android. Cell phones, smartphones, and yeah, things that connect up to your TV. You know, there's and then and then and then when you hear games, you think Borderlands too, or Guild Wars, or no, that's not no, a game. No, nobody thinks that as a game. No, <laughs> just no. <laughs> uh, yeah, no. So, um, yeah, as mentioned, I will be. Uh, taking a little trip i'm off of work for the rest of the week in addition to today i heard that yeah so uh it's been sort of going pretty well i i got up at five this morning because i went to bed at like 10 last night which is which is incredibly early so i went and dicked around in borderlands and then i had a whole bunch of grape juice uh for breakfast and then i went to bed just grape juice like yeah and then that's uh good yeah, and then I had to get up again and vomit because I drank the grape juice too fast. I can see that. Yeah. Yes. Uh, yeah. It was mm-hmm. uh, quite unpleasant. Yeah, grape juice coming back up is not the best of things. Yeah. So, and uh, I've been to the pierogi place today, so I'm good on that. 
Good. Um, so, yeah. And uh, the the surefire way of getting me to clean my apartment is for me to go away for a couple of days or to have someone come over. So that's coming along. Um, yep, and aside from that, everything seems to be good. So I'll be uh, going to the Circleville Pumpkin Show. So Where they show pumpkins? Uh, yes, and where they have a lot of pumpkin food. Pumpkin carvings, too, probably? Uh, yeah. That's um, good. So it's just a street fair with a pumpkin I, theme. That's cool. Yeah. I, I grew some pumpkins this year, actually. Oh, I'll take a picture one of one for you. They're they're actually really nice. Um, and so my uh, mom went to uh, Red Lobster. Do you have that there? I assume you do. Yeah. So my mom went to Red Lobster, and her friend got lobster, and um, she took the lobster's claw, you know, like its hollowed out claw, and she kept it. And so what I did is on the stem of our pumpkin, we attached the claw. So now there's just this orange pumpkin with a red lobster claw protruding from the stem. <laughs> It's really so, cool. So the stem grew around it? No, no, it, it grew, well, I, it's attached after it was, the stem was cut, so it's just wrapped around the stem. Ah. Uh, I'll, I'll show you in the picture. It looks cool. So, uh, anyways, uh, we can find you on this website, right? Uh, this Nexus website? Yes, yeah. this Nexus.tv, of course. And you can find me on the Twitter, Ryan Amar, and, of course, on the Google+, Plus, which is where I post most of the show notes for At The Nexus, my weekly show, which is a wonderful show where we talk about gadgets. Yes. And tech news, in the broader sense. Yep. So, um, and you can find me, as always, at theandrewbailey.com. And it's a I'm lovely al- place. Yes, and I'm also on LinkedIn at somewhere, and... <laughs> I'm also on Steam. If you can get to Buckface's page, I'm one of his friends. So His name isn't really Buckface on Steam. I think you might want Wolf Revo on Steam. Yeah, and I'm Praetor Alpha on Steam as well. Yes. And uh, I think my avatar is, again, that uh, uh, Spanish Inquisition guy. Uh, I'm a big week on Steam. However, don't look for me because I don't participate in scamware. I mean spyware. <laughs> So, well, the NSA pretty much has everything else, too, so... Yeah, mm-hmm. Um, aside from that, that seems to be it. So, yep. uh, good luck with your midterming. Oh, thank you. So, goodbye. Have a good one. <laughs>